In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Abraham and Sarah received three mysterious visitors. Being regarded as angels by generations or a mysterious visit of the Lord, it's a Christian who will read it and say, well, of course, that makes perfect sense. The first line you probably forgot. It may have um, gone by without your remembering to remember it. The Lord appeared to Abraham. Looking up, Abraham saw three men standing nearby. Three angels manifesting the Holy Trinity. Rublev, when painting his famous icon of the Holy Trinity, uses this for the setting and the details. Three identical figures, male figures, sat, seated rather, at a table. And you can see by their eyes where they're looking, at whom they're looking, how their fingers are being held. You can begin to wonder which is the Father and which is the Son, which represents the Holy Spirit. Beautiful, uh, beautiful, famous image, thanks to the book of Genesis. Now remember the first reading and the gospel reading in our three-year cycle, they are meant to be read together. They were chosen on purpose. The second reading is about God, so it's always going to have something in common with the other readings, but the first reading and the gospel reading are really meant to um, be heard together. So with Abraham and Sarah and the three mysterious figures ringing in our ears, we hear about Martha and Mary. And because it's the gospel, and because, well, we've always known that Jesus is God, it doesn't sound mysterious to us, and yet it should. They didn't know yet that he's God. They knew he was fascinating, compelling, beautiful, charismatic, disturbing, comforting, everything. So much so that Mary abandons all the other regular important details just to listen to everything he has to say. Later on, they realize he is God. Receiving the visitor from heaven, giving him, lavishing him with every kindness and hospitality and realizing that you've been honoring God. That's beautiful. A few years ago, the Diocese of Arlington asked me to start joining their circuit of priests who preach the mission appeal for Bonica by virtue of our having gone so many times. uh, There's people here. There's been someone at each Mass this weekend who has gone to Bonica with me. I will not ask you to raise your hand, but I will ask you to talk to everyone you can about it after Mass. Not the people whom you've already told all your stories and shown all your photos, but talk to new people who haven't heard about your trip to Monica. Monica is overwhelming. The natural beauty is overwhelming. 
The poverty is overwhelming. The, the, the work of the church there is overwhelming. The unending opportunity to help is overwhelming. I do apologize that you don't get to hear one of the heroic priests who dedicated a decade of his life to the missions in the Dominican Republic. Um, it's just me. I was thinking about shaving my head so that I looked more like Father O'Hare, whom we call Father O'Hareless sometimes. Or growing out my beard like Father Murphy, who grew up here at St. John's. Um, instead, I just left my truck's spare tire on the curb just to add a little ambiance for the weekend. It's hard for you to visualize Monica. There are no paved roads. There's a town with a military force, with a police force. No paved roads. They, what they have is what looks like a road that's about to be paved. You can see the curb. And then inches below that, that's the hard surface where there's chunks of things that are hard and soft. Um, and that's better than the totally unpaved roads that are just gravel. And the gravel roads are incredibly far superior to the washed out dirt roads that you get into when you drive out to the villages. And yet at the same time, the church has been there since the early 1500s. The mission church in the middle of town is, is beautiful. It's hundreds of years old. It, everything you would imagine of a parish mission church from the early 16th century, that's how gloriously simple and beautiful it is. Enormous wooden gates that go as high as that part of our ceiling um, on the sides and on the front and it's in the middle of town and the church is the center of life still it's where people go for any kind of help medical help you've heard me you've heard, heard me tell the story about the the Haitian woman and her husband who had to be snuck into the capital in order for her to be able to have surgery and we hit her in the back of our passenger van on her way to the airport. She had spent the night sitting on the front stoop of the church because she knew that Father would help her. It's the, it's the people who, who know that the, that the priest and their school at Bonica are their, their only hope of getting an education. It's the faith of these find people that make it overwhelming. It's the, the beauty of their lives, even in abject poverty, that makes it completely different from the vast majority of mission trips and mission experiences that our young people occasionally do. Uh, over 21 years, I've grown a little cynical about mission trips or, or the like, where it's, it's not as though the people going are actually going to help it's, it's more like a poverty tour where the result is rich kids go only to find out that they really love air conditioning and they're so happy that they have a nice life and they're so happy they don't live like those people. In the Caribbean, especially Jamaica and especially Dominican Republic, there's something so beautiful about not only their, their, their faith but their, their way of life that it 
it forces us to reevaluate, wow, do I have my priorities so, so far out of kilter? My life should be so different. That's the kind of mission experience that awaits someone who goes to Bonica. Commissioned by Christ is an organization that the diocese uh, helped found. It's not officially legally part of the Diocese of Arlington. Uh, I'm not an attorney, but uh, I know a few. And apparently it's important. Uh, the legal distinction about commissioned by Christ helps us because it makes it possible for us to send people on these mission trips without our having to do with, deal with the logistics and uh, some of the other um, uh, complicating details of a church trip. So, Commissioned by Christ sends parishioners from all over the diocese down to Bonica every year. And the next mission trip is from March 8 to March 16 of 2020. And I encourage you, if you can, if you can squirrel away the time, if you can beg someone to cover for you at the office, go. Provided you can handle... Uh, an hour in the back of an open truck over broken road and lots of heavy work and um, sleeping amongst the tarantulas and well they're you're above ground so they don't taking showers among the tarantulas not sleeping among them big difference but now some of you won't be able to go but if you can you should and talk to anyone who's ever been there if you can't go to Bonica pray for them this is one of those places where the church is doing really, really, really good work. Like Abraham and Sarah, like Martha and Mary. These are people who are serving God by how well they love the people entrusted to them. Not just their material needs and not just their spiritual needs. It's, it's really easy for those of us in the uh, more developed parts of the world um, to be one or the other, to, to promise someone prayers while they're starving, or to give someone food but never confronting them about their spiritual ills or their sins for that matter. If, if we love others as God loves them, as God wants us to love them, it means we love their, them in soul and body. We care for their, yes, we do care about their physical well being. And their happiness. We don't, you don't put it above their spiritual well-being, but we're concerned about that. We want them to be well. Most of all, we want them to be holy. And we want them to know God. We want them to know that God can be in their body and soul through the sacraments. Father Weber, that sounds like it hurts. Father Weber and Father McGraw are the two priests from the Diocese of Arlington who are down there now. The diocese has been there since 1991, and it's in the middle of the island of Hispaniola, right on the border with Haiti. Three blocks from the rectory is the muddy river separating Haiti from the Dominican Republic. And the mission is equidistant from the northern coast and the southern coast. Bishop Keating perhaps wisely chose uh, the point of the island furthest away from beaches. It's a, it's a hard place to live. It's very rewarding work. But Father Weber and Father McGraw represent us 
incredibly well. The work that they do and the missionaries that they train and the youngsters whom they, whose educations they provide and whose vocations they foster are incredibly young people. Among the new projects that they're trying to do is to build a high school. They already built a K-8 school at the parish of San Francisco de Assis. Imagine what a high school could do. They want to buy a copy machine. There's personnel that they need to add to the staff and personnel who need to be given more money. There's a lot of new and emerging needs. It's not just a matter of just keeping going something that's been good enough until now. So if you can't go, pray for them. And in addition to praying for them, uh, try to make a good donation if you can. It's instinct for many of us to inquire about the neighbor when the power goes out because we're worried about um, them surviving the heat because our, our homes were not built to deal with um, this heat without air conditioning. So we're not totally soft for, for suffering when, when the AC goes out. If, if our homes were cinder block and had lots of air and tall ceilings, then um, different story. But these are ovens when the power is out. Just as much as it's instinctual for you to inquire about the neighbor because the grass isn't being cut, and that's unusual, and something must be wrong. And hopefully it's beyond instinct, but we actually do something about the needs that we meet. It's that same effort that's like Abraham's insistence. This opportunity for good will not escape me. I encourage you to be part of the work of the church even as far away as in the Dominican Republic. When we engage on that level, we witness a part of the world where people don't die of starvation because the land is so abundant and the world is so beautiful that it's obvious that God made this place and the natural faith of everyone is um, inspiring. But it's just as obvious that God did not intend them to live the way they do and they know that. They know there must be something better. They know that God made all of this beauty, but they know that God didn't intend them to live like this. And we're in the same boat. Automobiles and air conditioning. We know that we're not going to starve. We know that the world is made by God, but if, if we begin to inquire about what really matters, we realize that we're, we're, we're not living the way God intended. We're not living as though our hearts are in heaven. Martha and Mary get a bad rap. We don't give them the benevolence of reading them the way we read the apostles on their journey towards becoming saints. Uh, so don't lock yourself into how you live and how you think right now. Let the Lord teach you about the only thing that matters and let him make you a saint. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.